Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Free K-12 Education Talk Radio on 12-12-22, December 12, 2022. It's nice to have you here on the morning after we had our first little snowfall in Maine, where I live, southwestern Maine, and just a little bit of whiteness on the lawns and, uh, and on the road. That's pretty nice, okay? Getting to look a lot like Christmas, which is only two weeks away. So I want to wish you all a happy holiday time before we even get into that. Okay, we got a nice show for you today. My good friend Joan Wade over at AESA, the Educational Service Associations, um, the, the, the Association of Educational Services Agencies. That's what I want to say, AESA.us. Joan Wade, Dr. Wade is here with Dr. Dan Schnoes. And Dan, I hope I am pronouncing your last name right, okay, correctly. Uh, Dan's the Executive Director of Ed Service Unit Number 3 near Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, and is on the executive committee for the, as the president, by the way, of Nebraska ZSU Coordinating Council, and he's a member of AESA's executive council. And we're going to be talking today, this is really cool, he's in Nebraska, they're paying student teachers stipends at some districts, okay, in Nebraska, I don't know if it's all of them, but certainly some of them, paying student teachers, which I'll tell you my personal story on that when we... Uh, start the show. So we're going to talk about how that's working with Dan and uh, get his insights on that. It's always a pleasure to have Joan here, who is one of my favorite guests, a longtime friend of what we do here at our American Consortium for Equity and Education here on Education Talk Radio. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org, the home website of our Consortium for Equity and Education. Everything we do is over there. Go check it out, SEL Today, teacher-retention.com, which has a lot to what we're going to be talking about today. All of our podcasts are over there. And, of course, our magazine, Equity and Access, which is our online journal, of which we are quite proud, all at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me, ladies first, let me bring on the one, the only, Dr. Joan Wade. Hi, Joan. Good morning, Larry. Good to be with you today. Oh, Thank you for that. such a here. kind introduction. Well, I could, it, 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 if you were here, I'd give you a big hug and welcome you to the room. Okay. <laughs> I would so, love that. Yeah, you're just it's one of the special people you. out I, there. Go ahead. I have yeah. to tell you, Dan, I'm really, or Larry, I'm really excited about having Dr. Snows with us today. You did pronounce it correctly when I introduced him at the AESA conference a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta. I did not did not say it correctly. So I've learned um, how to say it phonetically correct. So I am excited about this program because Dr. Snows is uh, one of the leaders of finding a way of filling the teacher pipeline. And as you know, and all your listeners know, we have a real critical shortage oh, in our country be. for educators. Yeah. And uh, Dan's got some interesting ways that, that they're getting people into the pipeline and then keeping them in the schools after they're done with their t- student teaching experience. As a matter of fact, it's been it's such a, a novel idea that he's really gotten the um, attention of the United States Department of Ed. Um, they've been in to look at the program. So I'll let Dan tell you all about that, though. Well, thank you, John. That was a great introduction. Before I get to Dan, how was just kind of quickly, how was your conference in Atlanta? We had a terrific conference conference in Atlanta. Our numbers are back up to what they were prior to the pandemic, so very happy about that. 
we change our schedule, and that's always a little nerve-wracking when you're a national association to mess with a traditional schedule, but we changed yes. it, and overwhelmingly people really liked it. Um, we were fortunate to have Dr. Cindy Martin, Deputy, Super, er, Deputy Secretary of the Department of Ed, with us. Oh. Um, so that was exciting. All in all, it was a, a really great week and a, a lot of great um, educational service agencies telling about their program and, programs and services. Uh, that's one of the things our members always say. They love learning from each other yeah. uh, what kind of things are happening across the country. So it was terrific. Yes, yeah, like the kids with the pandemic, you know, they need socialization. At all the associations, right. you're included. You need socialization and talk to the people who are doing the same job you're doing. So it's great that the conferences are getting back to normal, and I hope everybody was okay. There's a little bit of COVID going around all over the place. I hope everybody was fine with that. And it's great to hear that it was it was so so successful. I'm thrilled for you. Okay, so that's great, Joan. Okay. And by the way, I'll say what I always say. Educational service agencies, no matter what they're called, they're those regional units, okay, are the hidden gem of education. And a lot of people don't recognize how, don't recognize how important they are. And they just do a great job across the board. So on that introduction, good morning, Dan Schnoes, Dr. Dan. I'm Larry Jacobs. Nice to meet you, Dan. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Joan. Happy Monday to you. Thank you, my friend. Same to you in the great state of Nebraska where some of the nicest people in the universe live. i got to tell you that in case you didn't know that. Okay? Always enjoy talking to Nebraskans, okay? Just good folks. You good folks, Dan? Hey, you know what? I get the pleasure of working with uh, 18 school districts in the Omaha metro area, and there's nothing better than working with educators. There you go, my friend. You know, it's, it's in, I'm going to tell you this story before we started. You know, my, my wife, and she went into a second career. She wanted to become a reading teacher. And in fact, she did get a degree, has a degree, master's degree in reading education. And she was going to work for a school district. Uh, this is a number of years ago now, about 1995 or so. And um, she, she was going to go, to, started to think about going to work for a school district and uh, as, as a reading teacher. And when she realized, and when they told her that she would have to work for a year, this was in New Hampshire, by the way, work, work for a year at no pay in student teaching, she said, well, I'm not doing that. And she wound up doing other things in, in teaching, reading, adult education, and corporate education, and all that sort of thing for ESL. But that stopped her from becoming a, a, a public school teacher, the fact that they weren't being paid for the year of student teaching. Okay, which is it, it's a personal story that has to do exactly that again was in New Hampshire, another state that begins with an N. Okay, Nebraska is obviously making some changes here. And Dan, you're, you're, you, if you found this magic bullet, my friend, okay, you're, they're going to build the statue. Start telling the, the pigeons to get off your shoulders. Okay, they're going to build the uh, statue. Dan. Well, that would be awesome, but we don't need a statute. We just need good teachers. Yeah, we do. Okay. So talk about this. Uh, how, how, how are you involved in this? How are the ESAs involved in it? Um, what's happening out there? What factors made this all happen? It's such a great idea. Stipends, paying student teachers. I think it's about time. That's all I can say. Damn. Well, Tell us great, about it. great question. Um, you know, I think it started um, – because there's a number of businesses now, in fact, all of them are getting very, very competitive, and you're seeing that all across the country. And education is competing now for young people to join their That's workforce. Right. And what you're seeing is, you know, kids can go to a two-year college now, get their tuition paid for by a business, 
get paid for working part time as they're taking classes, and then and then are being hired for higher than teacher wages of yep. a first year teacher going into the job force. I, I, I had to break the news to you on this. I have to interrupt you. My niece just went through that, and um, uh, she graduated UMass last year, University of Massachusetts, 22 years old, and she got a corporate job at $75,000 a year, corporate job, with a bachelor's degree, okay, doing recruiting for a biotech firm. Her mm-hmm. father is an elementary school principal down in Massachusetts, my, my nephew, okay, and he told me that a teacher would have to work seven years to be close to that pay that his daughter got walking out of school in corporate America. That's what we're fighting. Dan, you're absolutely right. And remember, those kids come out with, you know, usually a lot less student debt as well, because what we do is, is in the past, we've had, had our teachers go through three years of, of coursework, and then the fourth year is a lot of the student teaching experience. They're already carrying, uh, you know, three and a half, four years of college debt, and mm-hmm. then we want them to go in and work in the workforce and not pay them, yeah. and then uh, to join this field, and you know, quite frankly, our our pay for teachers hasn't kept up with the rest of the world either. So with inflation nowadays, it just makes it tough on these young kids. Yeah, what's the story? If I ask, I know it's probably different across the uh, districts. What's the average starting salary? for a, a, a new teacher in uh, Nebraska? You know, anywhere ranging from, oh, about 37000 to 45000 Okay. Okay. Which isn't too bad. No, it's, it's better than I thought, okay, uh, because I, I read somewhere where Missouri uh, is going to go back to twenty five grand a year on average next year. Okay, oh, wow. I read that somewhere. Yeah, no, no, where are they going to get people to work for twenty five grand a year and go into college debt to do that? So I'm, I'm glad, I was glad to hear it's a minimum of thirty seven, basically. Okay, that's great. Not that great, but you know what I mean. It's better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. So, so go ahead. You got all these challenges. Well, you know, a number of our of our larger school districts that we work with have been putting in uh, educator academies in their school districts, mm-hmm. and so they've been trying to work on building their own workforce within their school. And you know, kids now that are going through as a freshman, sophomore, junior in just high school can earn some college credits towards uh, some of their generals if mm-hmm. they want to become a teacher. And their senior year, what several of them are doing is having them work as um, almost like mini interns or mini student teachers, providing just extra help to uh, some of their classmates, uh, maybe some that are in the freshman, sophomore level, um, just trying to get them experienced in the education workforce. And then to encourage them not only to go to school uh, in either the Omaha metro area or the region, and then return at some point in time to student teach and maybe take a teaching position. Mm-hmm. And so, and this has been in place for several years with some of our districts, and I think the paying of the student teachers is just kind of a natural next step for several of them and to say, you know what, we need to, we need to help these kids out because, as I said earlier, they're competing against other companies that are offering mm-hmm. a lot more dollars mm-hmm. at those kids. And that's yeah. that's the competition, and it's it, uh, you know Nebraska is a uh, is not a big state population wise, less than two million, um, and so workforce development is one of the state's key 
uh, goals that they're working on. They want to keep keep the young, uh, dynamic kids in the state of Nebraska, mm -hmm. and good, education good, good. should be right up there with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely excellent. You are you are dead on right. I have to say something about the uh, Grow Your Own program, the Educator Academy, however you want to phrase that. One of the key things, you know, we have to look at students, if I may, as customers, okay? And I, I hate to break it down like that, but we do because we do want kids, especially kids of color, okay, and females and males, you know, to get into, um, to, obviously females and males, to get into uh, education, all right? We want that to happen. But they, if they're not having a good time in school, if they don't enjoy school, if they're not learning, it's a, they're not going to come back to a place they didn't like, okay? So we have to look at social-emotional learning. We have to look at all the things that make a place a happy place. And then if people are happy, they're going to come back in to a place where they've been happy for 12 years. It's just a thought on that, but I think it's, it's an important one. We have to look at the kids differently these days. A lot of them are our future colleagues, and we've got to make sure that that happens. That's just my little speech. What do you think on that one, Joan? I think you're absolutely right, Larry. I think um, students do have to, student teachers or student adults going into college, uh, into teaching are the customers. And it's, yeah. that, that's a, a natural place for our members to be because they look at their school districts also as their customers. And what is it that they can bring to exactly. those school districts that helps meet the needs of the school district. And this is a great example of how they do that. There you go. I'm hey, Dan, I have to thanks, Joan. Dan, did you come up with this idea, or did you work it with – how did the idea formulate? Dan. You know, uh, it's a great question. Actually, uh, it was one of our superintendent networking meetings that uh, several of the superintendents were uh, having a conversation, and because of some of the uh, influx of some federal dollars – that they were able to put right, towards some right. other needs in the districts. They said, you know what, this is something we've been thinking about doing for several years, and now is the year that we need to pull the trigger. And, you know, part of that is coming from, you know, we have a lot of the baby boomers that are retiring. You know, oh, the yeah. pandemic stress has put stress on people, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people left the workforce, not only education but in many areas. And uh, they just figured, you know, this is time for us to get in the game and really start recruiting. And the reason we were part of the conversation is that um, in Nebraska, a number of our ESUs offer what we call uh, special uh, schools for kids of special needs. We mm -hmm. have a lot of districts that maybe can't serve some of those special needs kids on their own. And so right across the building from me, we have two uh, additional buildings, and we have about a hundred special needs kids that are that are bused in every day. We have expert teachers over there helping them. Wow! And and you know what? To find those expert teachers to work with those very very challenging kiddos is difficult to do. Oh yeah! And so we were looking at having a student teacher or two in in those programs this next year as our own way to continue to recruit. And so we were in the mix of saying, yeah, you know, if you guys are going to do this, we need to be in the game and do this as well. Yeah, and bless your hearts for doing that for the special ed kids. It's just so darn important. I did a show earlier this morning with a law firm that, that, that uh, takes on special ed families, okay, or kids who are victims of bullying as, uh, as clients. Mm -hmm. It was really an interesting show. Just did that one 
this morning. It's just so darn important. Okay, congratulations on that. Okay, so I have to ask this: What's the is the star is the salary for the student teachers the same as a, as a as a starting teacher? And how does that work? So great question. Um, and so Thank in you. Nebraska, a lot of the school districts. Um, have to operate on negotiated agreements with their bargaining units and their schools. Sure. And sure. so in order to, to not um, clog up that, that uh, method that they're using, they just offer a stipend to the student teachers. And so these stipends, uh, as we did a little survey across Nebraska, and we only have about 10 or 11 school districts that are just starting that this year, and we got a number of them that are looking at jumping in for next year. But this stipend ranges anywhere from about $1,500 per semester and mm-hmm. to our, our uh, biggest one is 9000 per semester. Oh. Wow. Um, and so there's quite a range right now, but the, the average is that we found in our quick little survey is, is right around three to 4000 which is about $1,000 a month. Which, which I have to say, and I'm, I'm curious about the answer to this, if if District A, I'll pretend it's uh, Omaha, okay. If if Omaha, the big district, or Lincoln, whatever, okay. Mm-hmm. If one of them is offering nine thousand for the semester, and a, a smaller district, uh, the west side of the state, whatever, is, uh, is can't afford that, okay, and is offering fifteen hundred, is there going to be a challenge for the smaller districts to find student teachers? It's going to create a I hate to say it, it's so dumb, but one one thing leads to another. Is it going to create a competitive problem between districts? What do you think, Dan? You know, I think it, I think it will. I think it will be a good competition because there are a few districts that are a little bit nervous about this because they've always, they've always had free student teachers in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And a few of them just weren't part of the conversation early enough or said, yeah, you know, that, that'll never happen. Well, now it's happening. And so I can use an example of uh, one of our school districts up in northeast Nebraska. It's about two hours um, northwest of here. And they have doubled the number of their student teachers this year. And this is a Class A high school district with, I think, about 4,500 kids. And they have uh, doubled student teachers this year just because they think they're offering, and this district's offering $8,000 per semester. Nice. to entice kids to come in. And for them, it's an investment in their future and it's an investment it in their school district. And so they, they've actually have more kids coming in from some different colleges and universities that haven't usually placed student teachers there uh, because they're coming into some of their home area. And you know, for a kid who can make, you know, four to eight grand and help oh, pay yeah. for college and tuition, um, that's kind of a big deal. It is, it is a big deal. And by the way, I, all that said, I still think this is a great program. And when I, I honestly believe, and I hope your legislature is, your, you, by the way, your unicameral legislature, I remember that from social studies, okay, I hope that they're seeing how good this is and they can even the score, okay, so that kids can have a choice of a district perhaps near the college they're in or perhaps where they grew up that offers the same stipend. Okay, and the state has to step in and do something on that. Okay, and because this is a good program, this is a great idea. Okay, and it's it's good, it's going to work, and it's going to have an impact. So, what are you hearing? Speaking of impact, okay, what are you hearing from the school districts and the kids? Okay, especially the ones who are doing this. I think it's well, 
Yep, yep, great question. So the impact so far that we've seen and just heard from a couple school districts is that, you know, of course the student teachers that are getting the stipends are really, really liking it. Oh, yeah. And you know they're going to be talking to the student teachers that aren't. And so that, that word's going to spread. Yep. Um, but the, the impact on our school districts is that they, they feel like once they start this program, it's going to be pretty hard to pull back, and they're mm -hmm. really going to have to work. There's going to be some budget impact on this. Um, and interesting that you said about the Nebraska legislature, I'm actually um, going down tomorrow to work with a couple of senators, and we're going to be cool. uh, putting this idea out in front of them, uh, and I'm going to let them know that, uh, as Joan mentioned earlier in the call, that the United States Department of Ed has kind of taken interest in a few of our programs and is in, and maybe uh, coming to visit us in February to do some interviews of some of the student teachers and some of the school districts and get kind of a, a on-the-ground look and review. So we're really, really new into the program, so we haven't seen any major impact yet, but the conversations are, are happening. Um, we'll yeah. probably do a presentation at our administrator days in August to share out with all the districts in Nebraska. But we think there's going to be some very positive press through the United States Department of Ed. And uh, interesting enough, Dr. Nancy Edick, who's, who's in charge of the uh, teacher education program at the University of Nebraska-Omaha, uh, so they have several of their districts that now that they place student teachers with that are offering stipends and, and some that are not. And they're going to be doing kind of an in-depth review over the next couple of years on just the impact of kids requesting placements. Oh, yeah. And where they're, you know, where they're looking, oh, yeah. uh, having an impact on student-teacher performance, what about hiring of positions. Um, and, you know, we actually, I was uh, glancing at the uh, job openings in the Omaha World Herald just this morning, um, because I heard through the grapevine that one uh, district was uh, advertising for student teachers with stipends, and, and lo and behold, wow. yes, it was in there. Wow. And so <laughs> they're starting to advertise now for Good. student teachers in the newspapers just like for teachers. Yeah, and this is a – I'm going to keep saying this is a great idea on so many levels. Okay, it's about time we have to – obviously we have to entice people to become teachers. I mean, it's that simple. Okay, and and B, mm -hmm. we we want them to stay, all right, and enjoy them, and, and it's just so important. So what's that? What's the? Has there been pushback? Like like for example, okay, there's a district, and all of a sudden they're paying student teachers, which affects the school's budget. Has there been has been any pushback? I, I can't imagine anybody. Maybe they are, but what's going on? Have they? Is there? Well, very minimal, very minimal. So good. Uh, because most yeah. of the most of the people in the community, you know, they're behind their schools and they want good teachers in their schools. So they they want the best to come in, and they they know kids like having student teachers in their classrooms and they're learning um, to get them involved. And they and, you know, and if they're good ones, they want to hire them to stay in their district. Um, the little bit of pushback that's coming in, and it's been more of a of a question format. And it has to come back to the negotiated agreements and making sure that they're paying everybody right so we don't violate any of those agreements. Right. And that's where, um, as an ESU or an ESA in any other state, and yeah. Joan jump in on this whatever. too, yeah. if we were able to get some funding for paying the stipends for student teachers and we ran those through our service agencies as stipends, then it would 
help circumvent or get around the negotiated agreement legal issues and still be able to provide good programs for these kids. And, and that's just one way that we work to help our districts is if we can take on some of those co uh, challenges as a cooperative, then we can help them out. Boy, what a great idea. i got to tell you, and that's, again, one of the reasons I love that layer, the uh, ESAs. I just think they're so important. I, I, I remember, and it was a long time ago, believe me, when I, when I uh, went to student teach, I was simply assigned to a school district. Okay, you're going to go here. All right? And then maybe they gave me a choice of two or something, whatever, but I went there. Okay? And there was no interview process whatsoever by the schools. I was just assigned to a given school, okay? And I'm curious if they're going to give kids a stipend. Well, let's just use Omaha. If Omaha is going to give kids a stipend, okay, are they, or are they interviewing the, the student teacher to see if that's the one they actually want since they're going to be paying them? You know, more of, a, more of our districts now are doing a quick interview process, and they're also uh, taking a look at the teachers that are being the uh, guiding teacher and having those yeah, student teachers yeah. come in. And so they're doing a little interview, and there's a couple of them that are also offering some stipends to those uh, supervising teachers as well when they have a student teacher in, because that's a lot of extra uh, work. Uh, but they also oh, yeah. know that they're, they're helping themselves because – because uh, teachers want to have, be teaching next to good teachers. That only makes everything run a lot smoother. Um, and so, you know, in the, uh, in the advertisement I saw this morning, it said um, a, the, the selected group of student teachers will receive a stipend. And so uh -huh. what they're saying is they're going to be interviewing the student teachers, um, and if they uh, meet their qualifications, they're going to be offering the stipend to them. I think it's cool. And the last thing I have to the impact on the, the, the education schools. Okay, so the kids must be saying, put me in a place with a stipend. All right, so what are you hearing from, and I know you mentioned the University of, University of Nebraska-Omaha. What are you hearing from all your colleges and universities about this? What's the impact you know, on them? Again, very, yes, very, very early in the conversations, uh, but they're taking a look at it. And, you know, from this year they were able to get get all the kids and all the student teachers in the positions that they wanted to get in. But I think the impact is going to be as, as those student teachers are out there um, talking with each other and talking with yeah. the ones <laughs> that are coming up sure. as juniors and sophomores saying, hey, you know, um, these districts are offering X, Y, and yeah. Z. Um, and, you know, if you get in there and you, and you get your stipend, you might get hired there as well. So that, you know, the, the, the jury's still out on that one. But I think, I think with the universities, now here's another interesting concept that came up with some of the superintendents and, and the universities discussion is, is should the universities have a little bit of, uh, 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 should they be in the game here a little bit? And is it fair to not only send student teachers out to teach without paying them, but then why should we be charging them for six, nine, twelve hours of of uh, credit while they're out student teaching? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot so of layers. The this question coming back to the university is saying, hey, if you want kids to stay in the program. Maybe you don't have to charge them quite so many uh, in credit hours and numbers yeah, exactly. um, and be part of the solution here. 
And so that question has just been raised here in the last couple of months <laughs> to say, you know, maybe you guys need to take a look at this. But and, and you know, all these questions that it's raising are great questions. Speaking of great questions, these are great questions. Times have changed. Things are different. They're different now post pandemic. Okay, they were they were starting they were different before, but the pandemic made us realize it. Okay. One good thing that came out of that stinking pandemic. Okay. And uh you know, everybody has to ask these questions and set up a new system that works because this will work. Okay? It will work far better than anything we're doing now. Because we've taken the system for granted for too long. Okay, and it's time to be smart about it. And we're paying the price because not enough people are getting into education. We're paying the price. We're paying the price because not enough people of color are getting into education. Okay, because they enjoy school when they were there. We got to make sure they enjoy it. Okay, they'll come back. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, 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 this is great. That's all I can tell you. I think this is great. I think if there's a shakeup, that's terrific. And by the way, I have to ask you, since I mentioned, Nebraska is the only unicameral legislators, le, legis, legislature in the country, but it's a Senate. It's not a, a House of Representatives, right? Correct. Yep. We have 49 you know, senators. Yeah, and I'll tell you something. That's the way it should be, okay, in every state. As far as I'm concerned, Nebraska has always led the way on that. Okay? We don't need to play uh, – we're, uh, we're a junior federal government in every state. Okay, and it, we can do it with just this. I like a senator's point of view. Okay, so I'm, I'm loving Nebraska as I always did. Dan, thank you. This was really insightful. You're, good luck with all this. You grab these guys, make it work. I got to tell you, it's just great. What do you think, Joan? What's your thought? You know, Larry, the, the bottom line is education is an outstanding profession to go into, and specifically teaching. It, there is, I don't know, uh, very few careers where you can go into and have such an impact on this country and the future of this country. So I, I am encouraged by what we've heard today from Dan. I'm encouraged by the program. I think we need to continue to feed the pipeline of educators throughout the country in whatever ways we can. I love these homegrown programs. So yes, we will keep great. you posted on what happens in the future. It is great stuff. I'm not surprised, okay? As Bob Dill, well, I said it first, and he stole it from me, the times they are changing, okay? You know? So, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you. I never got credit for that. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, you, it's it's terrific. Okay. So let me take right now happy holiday to both Dan and Joan. Happy holiday time. Same to you. Thank you, Larry. Thank yep. you. Thanks, Dan, Larry. thanks a million. Happy holidays right back to you. Thank you, my friend. Okay. You guys take care. This was wonderful. Very insightful. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Dan. You guys take care. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Okay, everybody. So that's, whoops, what's, what's going on? I'm trying to shut them off and my mouse isn't working. There we go. Okay. Not that I don't love them. It's just time to say goodbye. Okay. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org, where everything we do is, okay, including all our podcasts. Check it all out. Okay. It's good stuff. We love doing all this and Wow, this is great. I love this idea. This is just great. I'm telling you, my wife did not become a public school teacher. She became an educator, but not in schools, okay, she, because they did not pay her, and she was switching careers. I'm not going to work for a year for free, she said. 
there you have it. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Larry Jacobs. <laughs>